everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus back in on fixed income as we will outline the factors that might influence total return over the second half of the year, along with provide an outlook for rates, credit spreads, and offer guidance on portfolio allocation. So joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Leslie Falconio, Senior Fixed Income Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Leslie, good morning to you. Welcome back to the podcast and very much looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. So Leslie, I know our conversation today will focus on the latest addition to the monthly Fixed Income Strategist publication which I know you run lead on, a title for this month is Between a Rock and a Hard Place. Within the piece, you do spend a lot of time focusing on a performance outlook for the asset class over the next six months. So before we look ahead a bit, though, Leslie, can you begin by speaking to how performance has shaped up year to date relative to your expectations heading in? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's no question. I mean, as our listeners and our leaders know, we've had this sort of this what we call a bearish tilt on the interest rates. You know, even going back or it started in May 2020 when we initially put on our allocation to things like senior loans. And it was our expectation the economy would recover, you know, rates would rise. And then in uh, October, November of last year, we started, we put on also a CMBS position with the expectation that the economy reopens, you know, sectors that really did poorly, such as commercial real estate, would you know also start to recover now there's no question the amount of interest rates wrote that the interest rates rose in the first quarter up to that 1.77 percent tenure was much more than what we anticipated but in terms of our performance and our positioning you know that move up you know bode well for us and also too dan what we did is that we took advantage of those pockets of vulnerability that we saw from those large rise in interest rates in the first quarter. And for a time, you know, we moved some of our preferred allocation to preferred securities because they had underperformed, and then they they recouped very quickly. So, you know, right now, you know, given their performance, our expectation going back to what we thought how it would progress, you know, in 2020, heading into 2021, you know, overall, we're, we're really pleased how it's panned out. Leslie, thank you for recapping how we got to where we are today. So now perhaps we can shift the conversation, talk a bit about your outlook for the balance of the year. And within the fixed income strategist, Leslie, you describe an environment which reflects late cycle spreads coupled with early to mid cycle fundamentals. So what does that mean exactly? And what would you say, Leslie, are the implications of this environment for fixed income total return? Sure. Well, I mean, Listen, as everyone is very well aware, the amount of liquidity provided into the system has been something like we have never seen, whether not only just monetary policy, but obviously fiscal stimulus. And the point of quantitative easing or why the Fed engages in a quantitative easing program is that it wants to take those high-grade type of assets out of the marketplace, like U.S. Treasuries, agency mortgage-backed securities, which in turn sort of forces investors to move down the credit curve. And by moving down the credit curve, it restores liquidity. By taking the treasuries out, it keeps borrowing costs low. So all this is this is in, in the hopes of, obviously, getting us out of that quick recession that we saw due to the pandemic. Well, this has occurred, and it just occurred very quickly, given the amount of stimulus. Now, when we look at where we are in terms of the recovery, we're probably you know late early to early mid cycle fundamentals. And when it comes to not just the economy but also credit, I mean defaults are low, interest coverage is is very uh, 
positive. We've got upgrade-downgrade ratios that are positive. So all these things in terms of fundamentals are still very strong. However, spreads compress very quickly due to all this accommodation and this large shift that we saw in terms of the just the quickness of the recovery from the recession. So that's what I mean by having these late-cycle spreads where these spreads are at, some of them are at 2006 tights, but yet again, the economy still has a lot more room to recover, and the credits and the credit fundamentals are still very healthy. Just quickly, what we're saying is, just in respect to the total rate total return going forward, and we and we've kind of guided this for quite some time. It is not our expectation that you get a lot more spread compression, right? I mean, that is why we talk about position, and we'll talk about this later too, Dan. But we'll talk about positioning of the yield curve potential headwinds that you might face due to rising U.S. interest rates. So we don't expect a lot of spread compression. Your return is going to be from carry. With that said, if you look historically, even though spreads might not tighten, they could stay in this range-bound environment for quite some time. And they could do that because the fundamentals in the environment, whether it's credit or um, economic, are still very strong. Thank you, Leslie. I know we're going to dive a bit deeper into the credit cycle in a few moments, but uh, based on that, perfect segue into your rate outlook. And I know you talk about how rates have been insulated from the rise in inflation expectations. Now, how sustainable is this dynamic going forward, would you say, Leslie? And how concerned should fixed income investors be about rising rates if policy conditions do indeed remain accommodative? Well, I mean, that's a great question, John, and that's what a lot of people are asking. And, you know, we, we've we set the 10-year Treasury yield at the beginning of April at a range of 145 to 175 for the 10-year Treasury yield, and we've stayed there. I mean, since, since the beginning of April, you've stayed in that range, whether, you know, the economic numbers come out stronger or weaker than what was forecasted, you've stayed in that range. Now, there's no question, given the fact that we've seen this base case effect of, you know, whether it's CPI this morning, you know, the rise in inflation uh, expectations just due to pent-up demand, and gasoline, and used cars, I mean, all these things that we know from the supply chain disruption. So you've seen this rise, but to your point, nominal yields have stayed sort of stagnant, if you will. Now, there's no question that the market has recalibrated from the really the strength that we saw in the first quarter. And what I mean by that is the expectations that were priced in during the first quarter of 2021, when we went to that 1.77 10-year Treasury yield, were very high. Well, we know that it's very difficult for economists or strategists to forecast this data. We've seen, you know, we've had the employment report come below expectations twice. So the market is recalibrating now to what we what we consider a more transparent Fed. So it's moving more towards this dovish tone. It believes that the, in terms of lowering the quantitative easing, it might be announced at the end in the fall, but start, but start in the first quarter of 2022. It pushed out its first rate hike. So the, so the treasury market is recalibrating. Now, to your point, Dan, the biggest issue really is, is when we look at the fact that these nominal yields are so stubbornly low, as we have these inflation expectations rise, the market is concerned that the Fed is behind the curve. And what I mean by the Fed being up behind the curve is instead of this gradual 25, 25, 25 basis point hike in Fed funds rate that the market thinks is going to happen for the next five years, the Fed realizes it waited too long, you know, inflation might be higher than what was expected, and not only are they forced to hike rates sooner than what the market is expecting, but the velocity will be greater. 
And as as we always say, what really will pressure the point of the market is not when the first rate rate hike is, but the magnitude. So, in other words, if they instead of 25, it's 50, 50, 50 of these rate hikes because the Fed is behind the curve. And that is kind of what investors in the markets right now are a little bit concerned about. It's our opinion. We don't think that's going to happen yet. And we know we've seen this. You know, we really need to wait to the fall when kids are back to school. Supply chain disruptions might, you know, sort of weave themselves out. These employment subsidies fade. You know, all these things that uh, will occur at the latter part of the year, unfortunately, until that time, you're kind of going to have this range-bound kind of environment. Okay, so it's a bit wait-and-see at the moment, though. Running with that for a few more moments, Leslie, and we can revisit the credit cycle here. So given where we are in the economic recovery, and I know within the fixed-income strategist you've highlighted, we're not yet late cycle. So given where we are in the recovery, coupled with your expectations for the Fed to announce tapering measures sometime over the next several months, what is your outlook for credit spreads, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, I, I think really the credit spread component um, we really believe is probably going to stay range bound. You know, most of the tightening that we've witnessed is what we've witnessed and we don't expect this to continue with the same kind of loss of tightening. So you're going to kind of have this range bound kind of spreads and most of your total return will be gained through carry. You know, with that said, it's not just about, you know, what, you know, the level of interest rates, but where you are on the curve that could really impact or total return. And one of the things that we discussed in the lead and in the treasury section of the FIS is that right now our our belief is that real yields in the five year area that are like a negative one seventy five are too negative. It's that that negative real yield is not in sync with the growth expectation, not only that we've seen, but also what we're expecting, you know, at the end of the year and in twenty twenty two. So the the, the the risk is is that five year area starts to push up very high. And if you own those segments of the whether it's a credit market, whether it's a mortgage credit or a corporate credit, around that part of the curve, you're very vulnerable. So that's why we we like the barbell strategy a bit better in terms of really avoiding that part. Because if the Fed is behind the curve, right, that five year area leads the Fed. And because they're already at a zero lower bound, at some point in time it's gonna move up. It's really just the magnitude by which it moves up by. So we still like credit but we are a little bit concerned about that five-year area. We just don't expect a tremendous amount in terms of total return for the second half of the year because the opportunity set, given the outperformance, is limited. So it's really about yield and capital preservation and sticking more with a barbell type of strategy. Given that return expectation, Leslie, that you just shared with us, as well as the reasons as to why, in terms of how to best position right now within the asset class, and even for the second half of the year, what are you recommending to our clients right now? Yeah, we are right now sticking with sort of our our uh, current outlook, which is interest rates rise. Um, you're going to have, there's no question, you're going to have these pockets of vulnerability that might occur as volatility rises in the second half of the year, which we do expect, whether it's because you know the economic numbers might change as kids go back to school and the labor force, or if whether or not it's a Fed announcement about quantity, you know, stopping quantitative easing, those things are going to cause volatility. So right now we're still positioned where we like the short end within senior loans. It's, the fundamentals are great. It's good carry. It's not the cheapest asset class out there. There's no question, but relative to everything else, it's one of the cheaper. So we do like that asset class, and and it serves as a great protection against rising interest rates. And we still do like that CMBS marketing along it. That's where you want to take some of your interest rate risk. 
is in, in, is in CMBS. Again, it's recovered tremendously. I'm not, we're not saying it's cheap, but when we look around at the alternatives, that's sort of the best place to be. And then what we're going to do is really wait for these pockets of befuddleability, which we believe that we will see. So even in the second half, when you have these pockets where spreads widen, it's something we're going to really take advantage of because we don't believe it's going to be sustained. We don't believe you're going to have a sustained widening because, again, the fundamentals are strong, and where we are in the economic cycle, we still have, we still have a ways to go. So if spreads widen now, we'll take advantage of that. We're not going to run away from it. Well, Leslie, very productive conversation this morning. Thank you for spending some time with our listeners, our clients, sharing with us your current thinking as well as guidance on allocation. We'll look forward to following up on these items. And I know we have our next Fixed Income Conversation Corner podcast to look forward to a bit later this month uh, for our listeners and clients. Uh, that's coming down the pike fairly soon. So we'll look forward to that one. But uh, Leslie, great catching up with you as always. And we'll look forward to having you back on again with us soon. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. And again, today we've been joined by Leslie Falconio, Senior Fixed Income Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication that Leslie has been citing during our conversation today, the fixed income strategist between a rock and a hard place. So for clients of UBS, you can contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more or receive a copy of any of the publications or blogs directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.